So um, I'm uh, here with Kieran Hodges, one of our Burning Eye poets, on a kind of rainy but clearing up now Friday. It's very nice. Oh, it's really sunny up in Liverpool. It's it was really sunny here for like a few days, and and now it's it's rained most of the day, but it's kind of brightening oh, up a no. bit now. Oh, that's good. I know. I had to stand outside the pet shop in the rain. It was really annoying. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like just for a sad. A sad montage of looking in the window at a cute puppy. Yeah, no, no, I just, I needed to go and get <laughs> hamster food. And um, oh. it was like, this big, one of those big, massive pet shops, but there were only like one person in at a time. And oh, um, the guy in front of me was really selfish with the, with the shelter. So I ended up like just standing in the rain for like five minutes. And I was so annoyed at this guy. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> so Kieran, how are you doing? How's life? Good. Life's all right. Life is all right. Stay insane as much as possible. Yeah. I think I'm actually managing to get through the stack of books next to my bed that is so tall it, you know, could topple and kill me at any point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like, it feels quite nice to be like, oh, I can't actually read you now. <laughs> That's good. What are you reading at the moment? I am reading a book called Thus Spoke the Plant which is a kind of a memoir essay type thing about bioscientists yeah. uh, who goes on some spiritual journeys and talks to plants. I'm not convinced of it yet. <laughs> um, I've, read, I've read a lot of stuff about like similar environments before and they've been sound. There's just this, there's a tone that I'm like, oh, I don't know like this. But, oh well. We shall just continue. Um, and I just finished Thalassic by oh, yes. Malika Kagodi. Yes. And All Right Girl by Maria Ferguson. And um, oh, this really great book called Unicorn by Amru Al-Qadi. Okay. It's the, um, the memoir of a Muslim drag queen. And it's pretty beautiful. Cool. Really beautiful. So that's good. That sounds that's nice. Good. What are you reading? Good, good variety there. I like that. Yeah. What am I reading? Oh, like... no one ever asked me what I'm reading. That's exciting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading um, the books of Ursi, which is like as, oh, as a nice. yeah, uh, it, like it's a massive. It's a huge book. It's one of those like big books that you start off reading and it's really annoying because like the balance <laughs> yeah. of the pages is completely off. But I'm like about a third, uh, about a quarter of the way through now. So it's start, wow. starting to like tip in my favour a bit more, nice. and I've never, I've only ever read a short story of hers, and I just thought I'm in Why lockdown, not? like I need like some ultimate escapism, and it oh. is, it's amazing, like what an amazing writer, I'm really enjoying it. Um, oh sweet. Yeah, so that's kind of all I'm reading at the moment because I'm kind of collage that's a pretty big project though yeah i mean it is a big project yeah it's not it's not a, a faint-hearted book like it was some like <laughs> you know deep shit in there or whatever um yeah like, dark stuff happens and i was like whoa <laughs> oh, i don't want to go to bed now. i find that i've got i've become a little bit like frantic in my reading I, I go between really disparate stuff at the same time yeah and i'll like Peck a little bit off a book here and then like go a little bit here and I'm yeah. just focus on one bloody book before I know there. No, I do that too. I think that's perfectly acceptable. Like if you if the books are different, <laughs> you know, sometimes you want to read some essays, sometimes you want to read some poetry, sometimes you just want to read Marmaduke, you know. Who knows? 
you know, you, you've got to have a variety sometimes. But then, yeah, sometimes a book comes along. Like, I just finished reading uh, Song of Achilles by um, Madeline Miller. Very nice. And I was just like, every time I speak to someone about it, everyone's like, oh, my God, isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah, and that's like it. It's just like brought me to tears. And it was the kind of book that I mourned over afterwards. Oh, I love that feeling. Yes. What that's a beautiful such a, feeling. something so satisfying about that feeling. It, it, it's, oh, it's a loss of something. You're I, like, oh, it's a loss of a feeling. Like, it, yeah, it's like you've come down off the high. You're like, Whoa. And then you realise you can never read it for the first time again. Yes. Oh, God. And you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. I forgot that feeling existed. It's obviously <laughs> been a really long while since I've read something that's like taken me in that that much yeah i think the last book that did that was david mitchell bone clocks oh yeah okay i'm like obsessed with him <laughs> um, and it was just like this beautiful amalgam of all his previous work and it was just like an absolute joy and it was a huge big tome of a book and it was like oh, i can't wait and then it was gone in a week and i was like oh no oh no <laughs> are you a fast reader or a slow reader um like, if I haven't read a book for a while, I'm pretty slow. But then once I get back into the swing of it, like, my pace picks up pretty fast. So, yeah, this is why I'm doing good process with the with the earthy stuff. But it's it's difficult because all of my books are at my mum's house. Um, not my mum's uh, house, my house in Bristol. And I'm at my mum's house. So I only panic bought, like, a few books with me. I didn't even really think about the books. I packed my D&D dice and of course oh of course and my house plants and um you know three pairs of trainers but i did not bring <laughs> i've got like five books and two of them i've read before so it's like what have i done <laughs> we need to like get like a emergency shipment of books to you like a part like a care package of books to you i do need that yeah i do right this is an official announcement <laughs> whoever's listening to this podcast send bridget your books yeah send me your best books that you love but that you don't mind pieing with um <laughs> yeah. oh that's nice <laughs> maybe that will happen so kieran you've been a burning eye poet since 2018 i have been it's yeah. been fabulous since yeah, <laughs> and your book here we go here, here we go i'm going to try and say it without stumbling cosmocartography <laughs> yeah it's such a tongue just like twizzler. Oh, thank you. It's very kind. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it's just, a great I just, thought, I, just enjoy, I just enjoy people stressing out over, A, maybe my name and then the title of the book. <laughs> it's such a satisfying feeling realising that you've really stressed someone out because <laughs> they're just trying to say the name of the thing. Great, I love it. <laughs> Beads of sweat <laughs> forming, like, oh, I've got to introduce this person like, and their book. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> the anxiety is real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, your amazing book came out in 2018 and it's a, it's a whopper of a first collection, isn't it? It is a bit. I've kind of thrown everything at it, really. I've been told not to do that. And then I promptly ignored that advice <laughs> very quickly. It just felt, I just felt I needed to just get it in. 
maybe it's a bit like when you go to Islam and you do like your best poem first because you want everyone to hear your work. I was just like, I'm just going to chuck everything at this. I think as well, in the early stages of working on it, knowing it was going to be a bigger project, I just, I clicked as to what it was, what, what, what the book was. And I was looking over like years and years and years of work and went, oh, okay. It clicks into these kind of categories, which is those chapters, the different chapters named after different versions of love. Yeah. And so I kind of just went, great, we're just going to kind of create a narrative from these five, six themes and see what happens. So it is, yeah, it's pretty whopper. But it's great. What did I say before? It's like a a, a big clash of worlds, ideas, mm. but like in a, in a great way. It's But there's mm. a simplicity about it as well that like when I saw you perform in Bristol and you performed poems from the book, there was definitely like a string to what you like held as you were, you know, going along the path of the poem. That's a really nice image. I like that. Yeah. String. Thanks. <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I suppose the poem does let you come in and out at different points, maybe, depending on if you're reading it by sections, if you're reading it back to front, or if you're going to a gig and I'm curating that reading for you. There's different, yeah, I suppose there's different ways you can come in and out of it, which... It's quite interesting. I haven't thought about that before, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's kind of what we're in the business for, isn't it? Is um, that connection between the, the page and the stage and how the mm. poem serves a reader and a, list- and a watcher and an audience member at the same time. Um, and there's like layers of that. And I think the way in which you perform the poems really brings them, gives them a new element that wasn't there before. And they had so many elements there before. They're like, you know, Puff pastry, you know, with all the layers. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Awesome. Yes. I'm just coming out with all the That's analogies. An excellent. It's an excellent analogy. <laughs> I want to stand puff pastry poetry any day. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I love it. And um, I um, did you you worked with a couple of people on the book and getting 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 it all up and together. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, obviously the wonderful teammate burning eye were amazing um and some of the people in my kind of network that i spoke to initially were the amazing joe sally who was one of my lecturers at university who helped me kind of edit the manuscript that i sent in the first instance yeah um, so we had a little discussion after that about if this gets any bigger like what what could it be okay because it is going to get bigger and i need to know how i'm going to make it work um, <laughs> and then i spoke to the amazing rose condo the amazing Hannah Davies and the amazing Jebby Carver, just because I felt like there's something about their voices could lend something that I was maybe missing or needed to work on. Yeah. Um, and I know me and Rose have been friends for years, so I felt like she could really get into get into it. And then it was really interesting because I didn't really brief anybody on what in particular I was looking for. I was just like, you just feedback on whatever it is you see in it. I trust you. I trust your perspective. And me and Hannah sat down in a amazing little cafe in York. Um, nice. Yes, in York. And she gave me this beautiful macro kind of perspective of this is what your chapters are doing and the whole book is doing. And then Jevy gave me this really microcosmic, uh, small detail of like this word here is really opening up something else over here. She really zoomed in. So I had this kind of, two facets of it by two individual people and that was just so interesting that 
that was naturally how it happened. Um, so I'm very grateful to, to them for their insight onto it because it, it really, it really unlocked a lot of answers for me. Yeah. Because um, I think I, I kind of went quite heavy with concepts, which is kind of just my natural inclination to go with like, oh, there needs to be a, a bigger thought going on behind the actual text. Yeah. And I had this really complicated idea of the body being a constellation and our experiences being stars and the idea of creativity or just sheer will moving stars around the constellation to move where we hold our experiences and what sense we make of them. Yeah. I couldn't quite get it. But then after the workshop being, the work being workshopped by uh, Rose, Hannah and Jevy, it just kind of clicked and I understood more what I was trying to do yeah so it was really keen for me to understand that that vision I suppose yeah and like I said before like that opposing elements I don't even say they're opposing I think they're they could complement each other really well and I think you've used both of their critiques in a really good way in terms of balancing something that's a bit more straightforward with something that's a bit ethereal um Mm. or requires a little bit of a closer ear or and we talked about this the last time as well about it being a debut work which I think is really interesting yeah. but it is slightly bigger and it's also not just like a here's all about me like because mm. it is but it's through a particular lens as well it's not just here's my background of growing up in Ireland it's here's my background of growing up in Ireland in a context yeah. of leaving or a context of having returned and not belonging so yeah I hadn't really thought about it as a debut and what debuts are like traditionally. Well, if this is your debut, I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. (laughs) We hope. We hope. I've been obsessively writing about the environment. Great. Um, And like natural environment, like natural thing, which is really interesting in terms of, it's a conversation, obviously, big conversation in the world, in the news, in the media. I just think we need to, there's something, and again, I'm going like, concept with it for some that's how my brain works once I know the concept I'll know what the work is <laughs> something about something about returning home to a deep connection with the environment and how that changes how we live mm. some, something along those lines um, and I've been I haven't you know I found it difficult to write after the tour actually I needed a lot of time to um, rest and let the kind of work breathe away from me a little bit yeah Um and now I'm stepping back into, okay, we're kind of, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm working towards something, which is probably the first time that's ever happened because I didn't submit, the manuscript I submitted to you guys initially wasn't like me trying to submit a manuscript. I was just cobbling together some poems and hoping you guys would say yes. <laughs> Whereas this is like, I'm definitely trying to create something that I can physically see in the world. Yeah, so a little bit more consciousness. Of, yeah, yeah. So I'm reading lots of texts of like, that's one that I'm reading and I know I'm on the scale of like hippie I'm pretty high up the list (laughs) this is maybe maybe a little bit too much for me and I'm kind of going yeah I don't know though because um you know talking about nature and the environment has become like a universal thing now like it's sort of like hippies are almost irrelevant now because more and more people are talking about the environment which is really great that 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 has allowed us to move away from that kind of stereotype i think yeah yeah definitely it's and actually I... more of like a punk lifestyle than it is a hippie lifestyle because 
it's so it's got such a it's got a much more uh volatile relationship with things like government mm. and control and commerce yeah uh, if you could be if you were an alien planet if you were an alien dropped onto the planet you'd be mistaken for thinking that the environmental activists these days are punks yeah because they kind of are essentially they're, they're working against systems of power yeah absolutely yeah you know they get shit done sometimes if there's not you know buckfast around i think that's probably <laughs> that's the kryptonite <laughs> that is the kryptonite i have found i was speaking from personal experience <laughs> um so you talked a little bit about obviously moving from ireland um to the uk and you're now living in liverpool yeah have you always lived in liverpool since you've been in the uk mm. No, no. I moved when I moved over. Initially, I moved to the bright lights of Crewe in Cheshire. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was an experience. That's where my course. That's where my course was initially. It was quite interesting in terms of I'd never lived in a big city before, mm. so move, the idea of moving to Manchester was scary enough. So it mm. kind of just felt like staying at home but changing everything else <laughs> rather than. <laughs> moving country and moving general environment that I'm in. Yeah. And I was there for about five years because I worked for the university afterwards. Mo lived in Manchester briefly for like nine months working in bars. Yeah. And trying to get my get myself out on the scene as we do. <laughs> and, then, and then ended up in Liverpool for work, uh, which is great. So I work for a creative writing charity in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, we, run, we run festivals. We run lots of community development programs. And we're just in the midst of trying to reshape our kind of festival program to digital events at the moment so great. i watch this space guys it's gonna be cool that sounds great yeah i was gonna like we talked a little bit last time about liverpool's poetry scene and how yeah in in general the the liverpool side of things seems to be a bit not quiet but it, it appears quiet from the outside i think yeah definitely definitely there's a great article that you can read that kind of explains a lot of what i suppose we talked about last time uh, it's by Laura Brown, and it's called... I can't remember what it's called, but if you just Google Liverpool exceptionalism, you'll find it. Liverpool. And it's kind of, it kind of talks about how many different factors have led to Liverpool being kind of isolated from the rest of the UK. Right, yeah. Um, but then the Liverpool spirit has gone, well, we don't need the rest of the UK. We're the, <laughs> People's, Republic of, we're the People's Republic of Liverpool, and we'll be sound. Mm. So I, I think that's quite visible within the poetry community because... Certainly when I wasn't in Liverpool, it wasn't on the map. Right. Um, and I'd, I'd probably come to Liverpool twice for poetry stuff. And it just seemed like a whole different... It was like we had travelled to London, like it was such a different part of the world. And yeah. it's like not that far away at all. Whereas now that I live here and I can see the wealth and numbers of people that are doing fucking amazing work, there's so much radical, exciting work happening in Liverpool because... The, the, the city is quite radical in itself and it it, it's, it feels quite uh in a bubble away from the rest of the country or has done for a long time now my mate alex who runs a lovely word is just knows exactly what he's doing in terms of he's programming a lot of people from outside liverpool to come and tour and that's really giving liverpool a a sense of like what else is going on around the mm. country so they can just understand their voice more in context. just see who else is exactly right yeah as well as be treated to fresh voices you know i think for a long time a lot of people were pro and this is an absolutely no shade because liverpool's 
voices need support as well. They maybe didn't have the opportunities to bring in yeah. the names because Mon- obviously money is a big thing, and you know, there's a whole commitment yeah. with putting on a regular night where you host people. You know, it can be exhausting for both artist and promoter at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Alex has done a really good job in bringing some really exciting people up um, and putting in development opportunities for people. Great. Um, so that's that's great. And I think the other nights are following suit and they're kind of looking around more and looking outward more. So there's some really exciting stuff kind of coming through Liverpool. So it's definitely worth checking out if you're passing or if you're if people are planning tours and stuff like Liverpool's got a great audience that are just up for it because they don't know who you are because <laughs> you've never <laughs> been with people. like oh, I love that. so in the last couple of months Alex has had Jamir Early, Nafisa Hamid, Louise Fazakali, um, Daniel Dan Simpson I spent the bloody evening with them but I was like this is really embarrassing sorry Dan sorry Dan <laughs> And he came up and he did it. And they're such diverse tastes, right? Yeah, and absolutely. they all just loved it. Everyone just absolutely loved everyone that came up because they're just up for it. They're excited. They're hungry for it. And they're just up for it. So it sounds I highly great. recommend coming to Liverpool for anyone who wants to come. And I'm a great tour guide. Like Okay, well, I'm sold. So that might not be a reason to come. So depending on... I can be a tour guide that stays away and then you can just enjoy Liverpool on your own. <laughs> so, so I do like my space, yeah. No, but that sounds great. And like, yeah, there's a lot of parts of the UK where the, it's, it's a bit quiet on the um, the scene. And Liverpool is one of those strange places. But Birmingham wasn't so different from that a little while ago, I think. Like yeah, Birmingham's yeah. poetry scene say, as well. It just takes like a few dedicated people. To like yeah. bring in the outside world and to you know Absolutely. generate that that thing, and I think what they've done in Birmingham and by the sounds of it, Liverpool as well, it sounds like they've done really well at generating that foundation and allowing the poets to build on it themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Alex is very open about the conversations that are going on. As are all the other artists. I'm just using him as an example because I've got a particular relationship with him, and I know I've seen the work that he has, that he does develop over a lot of time. Um, and it's probably the most visible night to people outside Liverpool. Okay, yeah. Um, What's the night called? And it's just this, uh, a lovely word, uh, and it's in the beautiful yeah. Everyman building, first yeah. Thursday of every month. And also, the stuff is now online, seeing as we're all locked down. Oh, fantastic! So you can check out you can check out some of the stuff there. He had a great night with Louise Fazakis, and yeah, so just lots of Liverpool to come and see. So if people are thinking about it, give it a shout. Why not? <laughs> just not right now. Please stay home, everybody. Just maybe stay at home, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen, have and then you, come up. Yeah. Have you seen all those, like, uh, Welsh tourism adverts that are like, visit Wales oh, later? <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> if, you, if any of you have not seen the Wales tourism adverts, please go to the Wales website, visit Wales, and look at the, um, the, the adverts because it's a prime example of what we need right now. Some like just, <laughs> just, just really simple, funny humour. You know, it's quite nice. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, what are what are you going to be doing um, for your weekend? It's Friday. I'm. We'll probably put this out on Sunday, but um, let's let's talk about what you're going to do at the weekend. 
Uh, I'm going to do, we're doing like a house party wine and games night tonight. Oh yeah, sounds good. With some, with some friends in Ireland, so that could be messy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm doing like these really cool workshops with a magazine called Emergence Magazine. Okay. They're doing two series of workshops on their website. One is Vulnerability and Connection, which is kind of a naturey pseudo spiritual thing. And then one is a nature writing course that's just kind of giving people space and um, some prompts to think about it. Nice. And there's like 400 people on these Zoom calls. It's unreal. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I went on, I was like, that number just keeps rising. Like, holy crap. Like, how can I, they, How does it support that many yeah. people? I don't know. I have no idea. They must have like super pro version or something. Yeah, um, Jesus. So I'll be doing. I'll be doing my homework for that because uh, I haven't done it yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna watch um, a great play by Deirdre Kinnahan, Crossings. Um, it was a piece produced by Pentecost Theatre about, um, I can't remember exactly, but I know the main character is trans in it. And okay. I am trying to look at some transgender theatre work great. project that I'm working on. And that's mm. online for free, so I'm gonna be doing that. I'm also just going to, like, binge out and watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have, you've got to have some dirty trash, dirty trash oh, in yeah. there, haven't you? Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I definitely think so. I keep... I've just... Before we got on this call, I literally scoffed down, like, half an Easter egg. And, um, oh, my God. Yes, mate. <laughs> just was just like I I had dinner before that. I had a wonderful like vegan lasagna, like well into it. And then and then for some reason I was just like, Well, I haven't finished eating and then just shoved this like choked a bit. The most important before you question the is though, well. <laughs> do you put your Easter egg do you put your Easter egg chocolate in the fridge? Yes. <gasps> yes, it has to be done, right? Yeah, because that ultimate crunch like oh. Oh. Like I live, that's my that's my thing. That's my only enjoyable thing about Easter is that that sound of the chocolate they should do cracking. An a, like an AMSR, ASMR. Oh yeah, whatever those are. They should do that with like cold Easter, Easter eggs. eggs. I'm so oh. into that. I've just realised that I've made oh, like a really nice. weird sexy noise on the this podcast now. No, it was totally appropriate. <laughs> totally appropriate. Well. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to go and eat, eat more Easter eggs, probably. Um, nice. I know. I'm 32 years old and I'm still shoveling Easter eggs in my face like they're going out of fashion. Mate. So, um, Kieran, thanks so much for talking to me for the podcast. Um, Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And don't forget that Kieran's book is available from the Burning Eye Books web store, burningeyebooks.bigcartel.com. We are still sending out deliveries via post. Um, so if you need a little poetry injection in your life or you know someone that does, um, head over to our web store and browse our many, many titles. Um, thanks again to Kieran for joining me on the podcast. I'm going to finish now with a poem and I will see you next time. Take care. The November park is an autumn flirt. One more for the road sings the Auburn swan song as a little more light than yesterday scratches through the canopy. Understudying the understory, I tread a tide of spent sibling leaves to sit and watch the wind wash their watercolours. An embered leaf emerges from the ruffled russets, 
lands on my shoulder. We sat wrapped up in your garden through the night, catching flaring meteors like candles for you to snuff with intention. We were drunk on wishes, saw them shooting when they were falling. Is there a place where those spent stars landed? A park up there filled with burnt cores like reddened leaves? Was it a loss or a liberty to let them go?